Welcome to the Dare to Care podcast, brought to you by HR Culture. And now here's your host, Susan Judd. Welcome everyone, I am Susan Judd and this is the Dare to Care podcast. Today, I'm excited to be interviewing my guest, Nikki Langman. Nikki is an international speaker, author and emotional intelligence specialist. Passionate about self-mastery and enhancing communication for maximum impact and influence. She has led successful emotional intelligence programs for many global companies with exceptional results in executive and team leadership, personal empowerment, culture shift, and workplace safety. Nikki has gained recognition as a keynote presenter and frequently speaks at virtual events in both Australia and the US on the topics of emotional intelligence, non-verbal communication, leadership development, and self-mastery. She is also a decorated athlete in both endurance running and karate and author of the soon-to-be-released book, How to Be a Bad- Badass, Navigating Your Road to Self-Mastery. I first met Nikki about three years ago at a global emotional intelligence conference in Singapore. The first thing I noticed about Nikki was her American accent. A bit further into our conversation, she told me she was an American living in Australia working with an international company in people and workforce development. You will get to know Nikki a little bit more during this episode, but in the past few years, Nikki has shown she is an absolute power force. We will all be getting to know Nikki a bit better as she shares with us her best advice, her learnings and her predictions on the critical skills our younger generation needs for the future of work. If you'd like to find out more information about Nikki and her fabulous first book, Badass, I will put the links in our episode show notes. So without further ado, I would like to extend a very warm welcome to Nikki for joining us on today's episode. Hi, Nikki, and welcome to the show. Hi, Susan. So good to be here. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. I'd like to get started by asking you a little bit of background about yourself, a little bit about your passions and how your book, How to Be a Badass, Navigating Your Road to Self-Mastery, came about. I hope I said that right. Perfect. My name is Nikki Langman. I'm originally from California and I've lived in Melbourne for about 12 years now. I'm a speaker, an author, and an emotional intelligence specialist. And the book I wrote, How to Be a Badass, Navigating Your Road to Self-Mastery, came about by combining a lot of my professional experiences, especially through emotional intelligence, and my personal life experiences, which are quite focused on the art of self-mastery. So combining all of my skills together, I developed a framework because I was, I was asked by a lot of people how I managed to achieve certain things. So I'm, I'm also an ultra marathon runner. And I started my running career at age 40, which had a lot of people intrigued. Why would you start something like that later in life? What provoked you to that point? And how did you accelerate so quickly? And so I had a lot of explaining to do. And I, I finally compiled all of my answers to those questions into a framework called badass, which is focused around the question of what does it take to be your most powerful self? And badass is an acronym that stands for brave, authentic, direction, action, self-love, and you have to say it because you will become what you tell yourself you are. 
And so the, the book is an explanation of that acronym in detail, coupled with all of my professional and personal experiences that back it up. Wow. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> so, so, so listeners, you need to go and look for How to Be a Badass. I can't say it like Nikki. How to Be a Badass, Navigating Your Road to Self-Mastery uh, when it comes out. And I'm going to, Nikki, put your contacts and how to find a copy of your book in our show notes. So I'll get that from you so we can put them in there as well. Perfect. Excellent. Awesome. So I can't wait for that to be released so we can read it. So that was Badass, which is an acronym for Brave, Authentic, Direction, Action, Self-Love and Say It. So given all of that background and your reflections that you've put into writing your book um, and think and all the considerations and insights that you will be sharing with us in that, I'm really excited to hear your answer to some of our questions, your answers to some of our questions. So let's get started. And um, our first question for you today, Nikki, is what do you believe the current challenges are that um, our younger generations might experience as they enter the, work for, the workforce and the workplace? That's a great question. And I think there's a lot of challenges that are easy to identify um, that, that we all are familiar with by this point. And that's, you know, a lot of the challenges around technology, um, instant gratification, having instant access to everything at your fingertips, which for some older generations, is more, it's still a novelty. It's a new thing. Um, but for our Gen Zs and people who are just entering the workforce, they've never experienced anything different. So I think we're familiar with a lot of those challenges and they've been discussed quite a bit. There's one thing that I don't think we're talking about enough though. And that's that there's a, a misinterpretation of what authenticity is. And this happens with any concept that catches on fire. So thank you to people like Brene Brown who have brought forward authenticity, vulnerability, shame, all those things to discussions that wouldn't have been there 10 years ago, even maybe even five years ago wouldn't have been there. Yeah. But we're now as a society and especially in workplaces really focusing on authentic leadership, authentic behavior, um, you know, bringing your whole self, etc. And what happens when things catch popularity is they then get taken to another extreme, where it's taken out of context, misinterpreted, and blown out of proportion, because everyone's talking about it. So everyone has their own opinion on it. And when I look at people who are entering the workforce, and how their perception of authenticity sits, versus say, let's take a, a 40 or 50 year old person who has been in the workforce for 20 years and what their interpretation of authenticity is, the two don't line up. So the way I, I like to explain it is that authenticity is not vulnerability. And that's what gets confused, especially by younger people. Younger people come in and they say, well, that's just me. You just have to accept me. I just want to be myself. But there are boundaries and society and especially workplaces put boundaries there. So it's, a, it's about being yourself within those boundaries. So think of it this way. When you're told to wear uh, smart casual, you don't show up naked. <laughs> 
you show up with clothes that feel right for you within the category of smart casual or business casual. So it's up to you to decide how you feel best, how you want to represent yourself within the confines that you're given, not just exposing yourself completely because naked is how you feel most comfortable. Mm, great analogy, how, they, how young people interact in the workplace and how they, you know, these are all these, this talk of boundaries and there's rules at the workplace, isn't there? There's some, there's some rules that they need to understand and they can bring themselves to work and work within those boundaries. So love it. That's right. And it's inescapable. It's, it's mm. universal. If you are employed by any company anywhere in the world, you have to be willing to, um, to work within the boundaries that are set out for you in your position description or in the company culture or the company's values. If you don't want boundaries, you have to work for yourself. That's the only way around it. And even then, there will be boundaries because if you work for yourself, but you engage with businesses or clients, they will have their set of boundaries yeah. and it will prohibit the business you can do if you cannot um, work within their set of rules. So there's always going to be rules. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, the like, just transitioning on, um, I think that it, I've been working with um, employers now for 12 years um, and they easily identify the challenges that they experience with young people entering the work, workplace. And we know, Nikki, you and I both know through our EI training, our emotional intelligence training, um, that we see our brains are wired to see the, 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 the things that annoy us and push us into threat state, right? So mm -hmm. um, I think it's a really important question to then and, and answer to talk about um, what are the best things that, that you see that our Generation Zs or our younger generations can bring and are bringing into our workplace? The best thing that people are bringing into workplaces when they don't have a lot of experience behind them is an openness and an eagerness to develop themselves. So, you know, I, let's look at it in the, in the terms of values. Young people, um, especially now, are focused on bringing a contribution or making an impact or, um, you know, d contributing something significant. You know, I think that our culture is really swinging that direction in general is that, you know, people want to feel like they are making some sort of significant contribution to themselves and to society. Um, the problem is, is if you don't have a lot of work or life experience behind you, you may not be aware of what you need to do to make that impact, to have that significant contribution. So I think, you know, when I look at somebody, let's, let's take somebody who's 20 years old. You know, they're just, they've got 20 years of life experience behind them but not very much in the workforce yet. What they're going to bring is a fresh set of eyes an adaptable personality style behavior, um, hopefully an eagerness to, and willingness to learn, but they're also going to bring their own values because they want to contribute something meaningful. The problem is, is that they may not know what their values are yet because that takes time and that takes experience. Um, you know, we, we have to have, 
bad experiences to understand the good ones. We have to have bad relationships to appreciate the good ones. And that, you know, that takes time. I love how Simon Sinek describes it. You know, when somebody wants to be valuable or make a contribution, they look at the summit, they stand before a mountain and look at the summit and go, I'm going to summit that mountain. But they forget that there's still a mountain to climb. And that takes time and that takes discipline and it takes work and it takes discomfort. So the best thing that I think an employer can do to help draw out those best skills that a young person is bringing is develop their leaders as coaches. So we have moved from management to leadership and bravo for us for doing that. That's a fantastic first step, but it's only a first step. We have to now take that second step to embrace our younger generation, our next generations into the workforce by developing. So we've developed managers into leaders. Now we have to develop leaders into mentors. Or mm. Yes. And when we do that, when we have workforces that are advanced enough in their thinking to train their leadership as mentors and coaches, then we can draw out those best skills and contributions. We can take a 20-year-old under our wing and say, you know, um, I, I, want, uh, I want to help you make the most impact here. So let's look at what's most important to you. And, and then you help them draw out their values and their best traits. So let's say, um, you know, learning is a core value of somebody. Um, a, a coach, a leader who's a coach might say, because you value learning, let's go over your position description and see what areas you feel strong in, what areas you need some additional resources. Um, or because you value um, precision, let's look at how you can make a, a contribution to how we can, you know, reform our practices to enhance the precision. Something that effect. I know. I'm listening to your question. Like I'm listening to your examples of how leaders and coaches and mentors can talk to their young people in the workplace and those you know you said because you value learning let's look at your position description and see what else you could be doing or let's because you value precision let's look at um how we can improve things and make things better or make things more productive or make things better quality the questions you're asking and the examples that you're giving are keeping people in reward state where we get the best out of them so we're not pushing people, we're not judging them, we're actually coaching them to come along on the journey and really um, invest in their own self-improvement so that they can develop. Oh, I just, I just love it. I just love it. Thank you so much. Because I think it's, they're really good examples um, of how people can have some often confronting, what they perceive as confronting or difficult or challenging conversations, but they don't have to be. If they just think about who is this person I'm talking to and what's important to them and how can I frame that to get the best out of them? Absolutely. And that prefix is actually something I learned from Michael Grinder, who's a, a world-renowned expert in nonverbal communication. And that prefix of because you value X, mm. 
And when you when you put anything in that context, when you when you frame something up front with, you know, Susan, I know that X is important to you. Therefore, blah, blah, blah. It takes the threat out of the conversation completely because you're acknowledging the person. You might then have to discuss the behavior, but you're acknowledging the person first and the person is not the behavior. Yeah. Uh, Look, I think um, it's a really great hot tip um, and I'm going to hashtag it uh, (laughs) in the show notes um, for our listeners so that they can think of when they're having these conversations with young people or anyone indeed in their workplace, because this is important to you or because you value this, um, all of a sudden that that threat state for both parties can can exit. You know, it doesn't have to be, we don't, neither for the person holding the conversation or the person we're asking the question, it, it just alleviates the pressure. Yeah, those difficult absolutely. Conversations. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're so good at seeing the faults or the deficiencies in someone else that we don't understand. So, you know, be it another culture, be it a, a different age category. If we don't understand what's important to them, then all we're going to see is their deficiency. So an employer might get very frustrated with the contribution a young person is making and, and start pointing out all of their faults. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. They're not doing that. And so then as a leader who is a coach, you know, drawing out, helping them to understand what their values are, what their strengths are, what they can contribute, can make all the difference in the world to both sides. To both sides. So the, the younger person feels like they are, they are valued within the community and the older, wiser mentor is, is getting the most out of that person that they can. Excellent. Thank you, Nikki. Now, Nikki, I'm interested in knowing your thoughts or your um, um, understanding of what sorts of things ex- employers expect from young people in the workplace and whether you think their expectations are, are reasonable and, and being met. The first thing that comes to my mind about expectations from an employer's perspective is conformity. And that's okay as long as you're flexible within your definition of conformity. And I think that kind of, that rests on the values of the business. Um, It rests on the culture. So an employer can say, well, we're hiring you to do X, Y, and Z, and therefore you need to do X, Y, and Z. Then you're eliminating all the other letters of the alphabet. Mm -hmm. So, Having position descriptions, having a set of policies, expectations, and values is fantastic, but it's that is only one piece of the puzzle. And when you hire a person, you're not hiring one piece of the puzzle. You're hiring the entire kit. Yeah. So employers are um, they're they're putting the expectation of conformity and boundaries on people without exploring, going back to, you know, leaders as coaches, exploring what else can you bring? So I'm paying you, you know, $30 an hour to work for me. And here's your position description. And I expect you to do it. Yes. You can get $130 worth of value out of that person by learning more about what they can bring and how they can refine the position description to, to 
um, enhance their talents. So again, take someone who really values um, precision or data, that that's a strength of theirs. Um, you know, how can they contribute to other parts of the business using that strength? If somebody really values adaptability and flexibility, where might their input be valuable outside of their position description? You know, um, invite them to sit a, in a meeting where it's not their department, but where they can listen in, observe, take notes and feed back what their observations were. Yes, and it, and, it, and it brings to mind, I'm going back to something you said earlier about being open and open, having openness and eagerness. You were actually talking about what young people can bring to the workplace. However, I think from an employer's perspective, it's really important to be open to those opportunities. And just because we have these rules or these position descriptions or these policies or these values or these expectations what else can this person offer that can have value maybe in a different department or a different team because they come, as you say, with the whole kit. We get the whole kit. We may as well make use of it where we can. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, if somebody doesn't fit, you know, if, if they don't conform 100% to what you're looking for, maybe the thing that needs to be done is to change your expectations. Mm. So, you know, just because you have a position description or a set of policies and guidelines doesn't necessarily mean that they're the best practice. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Food for thought for our employer listeners for today's episode. Okay. So, Nikki, what do you think uh, are the critical skills that young people need to really flourish in our current workforce or our future workforce? The critical skills, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna base my answer on my area of passion, which is self mastery. Right. The the most critical skill that somebody could be working on building is getting to know themselves, um, having the patience to learn about themselves, realizing that you know there's no quick fix. There's no um, fast forward button on understanding who you are. It's, it's just a lot of trial and error. And, and anyone who's been on the planet, you know, longer than X amount of years knows that, you know, you're, the best way to learn is by experience and experience happens one step at a time. Um, so I would advise people, be patient with yourself allow yourself to, you know, allow yourself to fail, allow yourself to look silly, to make mistakes, um, but get to know yourself because it's those skills that you'll discover about yourself that are going to be the ones most, um, most valuable. Uh, also, the, the other thing too, the, going, kind of going back to the, the first one that we were talking about, the challenges that are experienced is appropriateness and style. So that would be another critical skill that I would highlight is again, kind of using that analogy of, you know, the, the dress code is business casual. So you show up in what feels right to you within those levels of appropriateness. Don't show up naked and just say, well, this is how I feel most comfortable because <laughs> that just doesn't work for anybody else, but you. Um, so 
be patient with yourself. Get to know yourself. You're, you know, all of you. Um, understand your mistakes. Understand your strengths. Understand your your areas of insecurity. Understand um, how you approach relationships, and learn to to adapt your style to be appropriate within the boundaries that are given to you. I agree with you, Nikki, and I believe that it's a lifelong learning journey um, to self, like to self mastery. You were talking about self mastery, but you know this getting to know yourself. I know myself a lot better after thirty years in the workforce than I did after one, um, but I still, I still continually self reflect about how did that work, how can I do it better, what what worked, what didn't. Where do I need to continue to build, you know, even after that long in the workplace, it's still a learning journey. That's right. That's right. And it's a beautiful journey too, you know, because inside every one of us is a tragedy and a comedy and it's hilarious and it's tear jerking and it's everything in between, Mm. but that it it happens one step at a time. So You know, there's to say, what are the most critical skills that a 15 year old needs to be working on? I don't think there is no one set of rules. There is no Mm. one set of skills that's appropriate. It's just about, you know, the only thing that's really appropriate is to understand who you are and what you can bring to any situation. Yeah. And that it comes with time. Time. So and we know we also know that young people are quite most young people are quite impatient um, to to make to to make a difference to really make a contribution. Um, we've heard that from our from some of our previous younger guests on the podcast that are quite they're, they're just so energetic and enthusiastic to put a stamp on and and, and bring their skills and let them flourish. Um, but what you're saying is take time you know it takes time and uh be patient and that's and that's a skill that we need to learn it is oh god it's a skill all of us need to work on i think no matter who you are how much experience you have you know patience is is a universal skill but you know if you are 15 16 years old and looking at your future yes understanding you know that it takes time and that you're not going to learn everything in one shot is critical um, but the sooner you can start understanding yourself, the better. And unfortunately, mm. because emotional intelligence is still a relatively new concept for most, um, you know, there's a lot of us who have a lot of life experience stacked behind us who are now only just asking those same questions that a younger person can be asking. And the difference 20 years from now will be significant. Yeah. So the, you know, the on the upside then, for any young person, they've got, they can have the benefit of our learning that's taken us 20, 30 years for some of these concepts to start to really take hold. Um, they get to benefit from those and, and, and implement them and start to work and learn, on, learn from them um, straight away. They can really start to um, put some energy into learning some of these skills of emotional intelligence, of 
body language, of, you know, of interpersonal skills. I know we've done, you know, over the last 20, 30 years, we've always done communication skills and um, interpersonal skills. But these days, there's so much more to, to look at and learn and, and that introspection of how do I improve myself so critical. So, Nikki, thank you. What's your best advice for um, young people entering the world of work, our Generation Zs, our next gens? You know, that's um, it's funny because I, I think I'm very blended in those two questions about critical skills and best advice because I, I really think they go hand in hand um, for me in the way I interpret those questions. So the, the best advice I could give to somebody, if I was looking at my 15-year-old self in the mirror, um, I would, the best advice I can give is, is develop yourself and develop your relationships. Um, Because there is no skill in the world that is better than the art of understanding people. And and again, you know, it very much starts with yourself. You cannot impact or influence anybody else until you can impact and influence yourself first. But then learning to be aware of other people's behavior, um, work within their boundaries, work within their confines, ask them what's most important to you. You know, so um, it goes both ways. But the art of relationships, there is no substitute for. There is no school for that is greater than, you know, what, what we're learning now what we've just been talking about with emotional intelligence, self-discovery, self-mastery, um, self-awareness. You know, there there is no PowerPoint presentation that is going to teach you those skills other than just experiencing them and trialing them. Um, so that's the, the best advice I could give to somebody is get to know yourself, start to understand your values, learn what's most important to you, um, develop your authenticity. And that's, you know, that's awesome authenticity as being legitimate and true rather than being potentially exposed. So some of what you've said, this in terms of your best advice, developing yourself and developing your relationships, I think this is great advice, not just for our young people entering our workplace, but even for our employers who are employing these employing our young people. So get them to, you know, I think some great advice is to also for them to have a little bit of um, self-reflection and really develop themselves and develop their relationship building skills so that they can get the best out of our young people as they enter into their workplaces. Would you agree? Absolutely. If you've got somebody who's 40 years old right now and somebody who's 20 years old right now, if the 40-year-old isn't learning at the same speed as the 20-year-old, what's going to happen 10 years from now? Get left behind. You're left behind. So yes, it is absolutely universally. I think we all need to be paying more attention to ourselves and our relationships. Um, But the sooner you start, the younger you start, the better off you're going to be. Thank you so much, Nikki. Um, You've beautifully answered all of my questions. So I'd like to thank you for your time today and sharing your insights about uh, some of those critical skills that we need for the future and the excitement and opportunity. I always get excited when I talk about the younger generation because I feel like they've got so much to bring and so much to teach us. So thank you. So thank you very much for um, chatting with us today. Thank you, Susan. It was such a pleasure to be here. 
I personally, and I say it on every episode, I am truly inspired and excited by our younger generation, their adaptability in the face of adversity, their desire to do good for the world and to build an exciting future for themselves in ways that older generations would never have dreamed of were possible. I believe we can learn so much from our Gen Zs and our young people if we just take the time to do so. If you would like more information about Nikki and her new book, How to Be a Badass, Navigating Your Road to Self-Mastery, please check check out our show notes where I will have the links to Nikki and her contact details. Or if you want to go straight there from here, you can go to her website at nikkilangman.com, N-I-K-K-I-L-A-N-G-M-A-N.com, nikkilangman.com. She also has a tab on her website for her book. And finally, if you have enjoyed today's episode, please give our Dare to Care podcast a review on your podcast platform. At Dare to Care, we work with organisations small and large to build teamwork, emotional intelligence, interpersonal skills and effective communication strategies. If you would like more information about us or would like to receive our newsletter, please check us out at at our website at daretocare.com.au. That's dare to with a T-O, care.com.au. Thank you for listening. I'm Susan Judd. And until our next episode, how are you going to dare to care? Thank you for listening to the Dare to Care podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or find out more about HR culture and Dare to Care by going to hrculture.com.au. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 